1: What's
0: going on, everybody? This is bgm Radio, episode number two ninety five. Not Interstate two ninety five. I'm Exit thirty four. If I'm coming from the south, Exit thirty six. Coming from the north. Waited. I'm Jimmy Kemp. Waited. Doctor from... yourself. At the beginning of the show. <laughs> well, I've said multiple times I live in Marlton, so it's uh, mm. it's not. What's your address it's... again? <laughs> Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm from phillyvoice.com. with me as always is Brandon Lee Galton of bleedinggreenation.com chiming in on me doxing myself. Uh, Eagles are now 12 and 1 after hammering the New York Giants into submission on Sunday. Uh, Brandon, before we get into all this glorious Eagles, NFC, Cowboys, etc., talk. I need to know where I can find meat snacks to to give my family and friends for Christmas. Yeah,
1: I mean, the perfect place to go to, Jimmy, is Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the same meat snacks that the Eagles are fueling up on at the NovaCare Complex fueling station. So the players are eating this stuff. If it's good enough for them, I mean, it must be good enough for the amazing BGN Radio listenership that we have here. So RighteousFelon.com. Discount code BDN twenty for twenty percent off. But with that out of the way, I mean Jimmy, what a performance! Like I didn't, I I I almost don't even know what to say, which is not good for podcasting. But after like a performance (laughs) like that, it's just like, what do you even say? This team is two in a row, yeah, two two games in a row like that, which makes it more impressive. You stacked performances like that, and it's like, is this the best Eagles team of our lifetime? I kind of feel like it is. Yeah.
0: You had those teams, of course, in the early 2000s that w- that were going to the NFC Championship game every year, um, losing, you know, three years in a row to the Rams, uh, Buccaneers, and uh, Panthers before they finally broke through, got to the Super Bowl. Never actually closed the deal. 2017, you have the team that wins it all. But I feel, I feel like this team is better than that 2017 team. The 2017 team had more holes than this team. This team is very complete, and there's a very good argument. Uh, That Jalen Hurts is having a – so it's funny because Carson Wentz got hurt in the 13th game mm-hmm. uh, of the 2017 season. So we're right at that point. I feel like 13 games in this season, Jalen Hurts has been better this year than Carson Wentz was in 2017. Now, I think Carson Wentz had more ridiculous, like, highlight plays, like the – throw that he made to Corey Clement oh, against Washington was where incredible. he had guys draped all over him. Uh, the other play against uh, Washington where uh, he was bottled up and looked like he was going to go down and he shoots out of a crowd of like mess of bodies and he's escaping that play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like the, uh, the Seattle throw that he made where he's, you know, rolling to the sideline, he gets tripped up and as he's falling, He launches it like 50 yards down the field, somehow completes that pass. I think it was to Aguilar. Was. Um, he made all kinds of plays like that throughout the year. So I think, like, when you look at like, if you were to compare highlight reels, Carson Wentz was maybe more impressive that season than Jalen Hurts has been so far this year. But Jalen Hurts has his share of highlight reel plays as well. But he's just been a much steadier player, in my opinion. He, you know, we've talked about him all year—the dual threat that he is as a runner and a passer. But I think just as, like, equally impressively, and maybe even more impressively, is he hasn't just put—he just hasn't put the ball in danger. Really at all. He's got three interceptions. Only one is his fault. Uh, he's only put the ball on the ground, what, like three, three or four times or something like that.
1: Uh, only lost. How many fumbles has he lost this year? Two? Yeah. And they weren't, like, careless, too. A couple. I think well, at least one was in, like, the Texans game. The pocket, right? Kind of just gets mm-hmm. hit. It's not like he can do much else. Um, But your your larger point, for sure. I mean, he's the MVP, especially at this point. Yeah. He's literally the betting favorite now from our good friends over at mm-hmm. DraftKings Sportsbook, as he should be. You put it, I think, succinctly last week, and we'll get into you know the offense and everything a little bit more in our second segment, just as an overview at the top. Um, you put it succinctly when you said that he hasn't had any bad games this year. <laughs> and, like, everyone else yeah. has, especially the top MVP candidates. And I know sure. it's not this simple, but Jalen Hurts has three interceptions this year. Patrick Mahomes had three on Sunday in a game. Where they didn't even cover the spread against the Denver Broncos. Like, come on. Like you can't be like, oh, Mahomes definitely above. I know Mahomes. you you obviously if you're taking career body of work, obviously Patrick Mahomes is ahead of Jalen Hurts, like unquestionably. But that's not what the MVP award is about. It's about the most valuable player this season. And I don't think Hurts should be punished for having an awesome team around him. Like he's taking full advantage of it. Um
0: and the Chiefs throw the ball a lot too. So sure. when you look at just the number, you can compare counting numbers like yards, passing yards or touchdowns thrown. He's going to have more than Hurts because the Chiefs throw them all way more than the Eagles do and the Eagles don't throw the ball as much as the Chiefs do because they have they have Jalen Hurts who can who I mean Patrick Mahomes can certainly make plays with his legs too, sure. but not in the same way that that Jalen Hurts can. And uh, obviously the Eagles have a have you know, the the strength of their running game to also lean on. It's not as big of a strength for Kansas City. So they'd be stupid not to uh, heavily utilize the run game. So I think that's part of the, you just look at raw stats and you go, oh, Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how many touchdowns he throws, but he's thrown so far. But you look at him, he's got to be up over 30, right? So let's say he's got 30, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts is how many, what does Hurts have, 20 like touchdown that. passes? um you look at oh he's got 10 more touchdown passes that's the mvp no he's not the he's not played as well uh as Jalen hurts has this so far this year and uh certainly the eagles um at 12 and one are he's he's the he's been the best quarterback on the best team in the league with the best record
1: yeah it's a simple way don't don't overthink it that's the thing like you don't need to like actually because that that's what happened different kind of topic uh but at least to me in the NBA with some of their MVP voting with Embiid, like Embiid was just like clearly better than everyone, but like actually, these yes. analytics say, Joke, it's the best. It's like, shut up. Yeah, like stop <laughs> looking at your calculator, your freaking nerd, and you know, watch the games. But honestly, <laughs> like jokes aside, like it's just true, like watch the games. Anyway, uh, Actually, Jokic is a better defender. Even though they take him out of
0: the game at <laughs> right. the at the end of, <laughs> the
1: end of the yeah. games when they're it's on defense. Just like, don't overthink this. Like, it's very clear. <laughs> and honestly, um, so Pete Sweeney, who is the like uh, the me version over at Arrowhead Pride, SB Nation's Kansas City Chiefs blog. I mean, he just said on Monday Football Monday for the SB Nation NFL Show on Monday that um, like, yeah, it hurts. It's not Mahomes. Uh, so you have even you know chief sky saying that so mm-hmm. obviously there's you know four weeks left in the season We'll so we'll see how things go and mvp is not like the barometer of success for the eagle season it's nice but uh you know bigger fish to fry which is certainly something i like to hear from nick Sirianni and his oh that's nice <laughs> like we made the playoffs yeah oh that's cool
0: yeah yeah he he's lying by the way he knows full well they clinched the playoffs sure. <laughs> you know like but 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 his his I like, but I like his commitment to the yes. bit, where like he's uh, he's he doesn't care about the playoff berth, which is which is probably true. He doesn't care about it. He certainly knew about it, but he didn't care about it because they have much bigger goals yeah. that that lie ahead. I mean, obviously,
1: any you know you're going to the playoffs when you're starting twelve and one or eleven and one. <laughs> like, you're obviously going to make the postseason yeah. at the very least. All right. Anyway, we should get into some Eagles news because um, they have some things going on coming out of that awesome mm-hmm. win over the Giants. They had some injuries that they're dealing with Aaron Sipas Jimmy, out indefinitely after incredibly smooth one-handed <laughs> grab yes and also I think underrated just his ability to track where that ball went because you know like a, a ball like that gets tipped or whatever goes up in the air you don't necessarily know right where it is like right like he somehow had a good read on exactly where that was and had the confidence to make it up one-handed and I know it didn't prevent uh a giant's touchdown in the end, but it delayed it. It gave the defense like a chance to, you know, get a stop yes. from fifteen yards out. And he he almost got the first down as opposed to them just scoring right there. Yeah, he
0: accidentally stepped out of bounds. Yeah.
1: So and you know, whatever. It's your punter. Like, okay, you can live with that. But he
0: tried to run a guy over.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean that was that was that was pretty good. Um it's a bummer that he is now, you know, out for we don't know how long, but probably going on IR. And uh the Eagles signed Brett. and he and sorry,
0: and he had that he had that play uh against the Vikings, yes. of course, earlier in the year on the blocked field goal, where he ran yep. down a corner- he ran down a cornerback and tackled him. that could have been a disastrous play, but he he stopped the bleeding on that play, and they the defense actually did wind yes. up getting a stop yeah. on the uh subsequent possession as well, yeah,
1: so um Aaronaron supposed we salute you <laughs> uh for your, your <laughs> right. incredible efforts, but uh he's being replaced by Brett Kern, who was the Tennessee Titans punter for a long time, one-time All-Pro selection, three-time Pro Bowler. I was reading the mm-hmm. reaction over at Music City Miracles, which is the Tennessee Titans SB Nation blog, uh, when they cut him back in August because he lost a punting battle to UDFA uh, um, Ryan Stonehouse. Ryan Stonehouse, who the Eagles just saw yeah. a couple weeks ago when they faced. He the was Titans. awesome in the Eagles game, by the way. At Stonehouse. Right. So, and he's. Like, he's having a good year, which is, you know, a good sign that, like, oh, you know, the Titans cut Kern not because he stunk necessarily as much as they upgraded in this rookie. Um, but, yeah, the guys over at Music City Miracles were, like, at the time, they expected Kern to catch on really quick somewhere else. And uh, and they they talked about how, he, like, for Once Upon a Time, when the Titans were so bad, he was, like, their best player, like, for for a while. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's possible that he's maybe even better than... Like his numbers last year uh, were better than I think Aaron Sipas this year, so you might arguably get like a small upgrade if anything on that. Uh, also, he can he can hold the ball as well, which you know Britton Covey did a great job coming in and filling that role, mm-hmm. but obviously you want you know someone who probably has more experience doing that.
0: Yeah, Kern um, last year in 2021 was 16th in EPA per wow. punt. Wow, look at to these metrics. The, the Twitter account the at the punt runs. Yeah, uh, good follow if you are at all into punting. You're a total freak a bit like you. Um, so <laughs> Aaron Sipos was twenty sixth, I believe, in EPA per punt last year. Much better this year. I think Sipos is actually having a decent year this year. Um, but Stonehouse, to your point, he had a punt against the Eagles. It was like sixty yards mm. in the he, and he landed it inside the five. So normally you hit a 60 yard punt, that thing's going to it's going to it's going to hit and it's going to roll forward, but he had so much hang time on it as well and backspin that it actually checked up. Like you don't see 60 yard punts checking up all that often. And he had a check up inside the 5 yard wow. line. One of the best punts I've ever seen. So like that guy is a legit really good punter. There was like I think there was like 5 punters that got drafted in 2022. Mm-hmm. He wasn't one of them somehow. Uh he he was undrafted by by the Titans which is crazy to me that, again, that the Eagles didn't at least bring in an undrafted guy for some kind of training camp competition. We won't relitigate all that. Um, But, uh, yeah, so Stonehouse won that job in training camp on merit. Uh, But Kern, uh, according to this uh, Twitter account, the punt runs was very clearly the best available uh, punter. Um, You could make an argument maybe for Quote unquote, the punt god. No. um, You can't. uh, Matt Matt Ariza. There was no way in hell the Eagles were signing that guy. No shot in hell. Uh, He, of course, had very, um, very alarming uh, accusations, uh, allegations thrown at him. Uh, We won't get into into all that, but the Bills cut him and it basically involved uh, gang rape? Yeah, alleged gang rape. And the criminal charges
1: were dropped recently, but like that doesn't mean you know, like oh, he's clear, everything's you know, he's great. No, it's like there's still a civil suit. There's a civil case pending on that, by the way. So he's not in the clear on on those charges. (laughs) Look, the Eagles are twelve and one. They're not trying and they're not trying to create this like strange dynamic that could come in here and like be weird and not good and bad vibes. I talk about vibes all the time for a punter mm-hmm. it's a punter too it's you know not, yeah, you're not exactly. even talking like exactly. impact not not that that should be like if he plays quarterback it's better because obviously it's still an issue but i'm saying like especially when it's a punter so yeah that's just not happening
0: so the other injuries um coming out of that game were lane johnson uh reed blankenship and kyron johnson the eagles got good news on both lane, jo- lane johnson was expected after Ooh. the game uh in the locker room um Lane said that he would have continued to play if the game were still competitive in the fourth quarter, but it wasn't. So they took him out as precaution, got tests done on Monday. Uh, He's fine. Reed Blankenship, that injury looked bad. um, And he got carted off after he needed help to get to the sideline. It was a knee Mm -hmm. injury, got carted off. I thought maybe ACL on that. Um, It it, it appeared that maybe it was an MCL uh, after the game, but no, he, he, uh, he survived that. And it's uh, evidently, what is it, knee sprain, I think they called it? Yeah, Mike. Um, Low-grade knee sprain of. at that. So uh, he may miss a game or two. or more, I don't know. We'll see. Said, uh, they're obviously very thin already at safety. Have I mean, they were thin to start the season, uh, even when they had, you know, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and uh, Marcus Epps as their starters. But now they're especially thin because they're without CJGJ. Now they're without Reed, hmm. uh, who filled in admirably for CJGJ. Kayvon Wall is probably going to start now uh, at safety opposite Marcus Epps. They also have uh, Josiah Scott, who can now move from his slot corner duties uh, now that Avante Maddox is back. Um, He played some safety. He played almost solely at safety during the back half of training camp. He played slot corner early in training camp, and then they got him reps at safety. Um, So we'll see if that's sort of his role. And then they brought in... um, uh anthony harris uh their former st- uh starting safety in 2021 uh, who was sort of a surprising cut yeah. uh as we you know kind of got close to 53 man cut downs um actually was he a cut at 53 man cutdowns? He was. was that the one that everyone got wrong
1: yeah i mean he took like all the first team reps <laughs> safety like through yeah. throughout, throughout training camp and he, again he was the guy like leading the the huddle prior to games in the preseason <laughs> like right. he was you know like he had a vocal <laughs> role on the team so um clearly you know he he the eagles felt like he was expendable after they traded for Chauncey Gardner Johnson so uh yeah and then he, no brainer to to bring him back sure and he was the plan originally for those who don't remember was going to like they were going to keep him on the practice squad uh but they decided to mutually part ways he ended up going to the broncos where i think he was on their practice squad for a bit they eventually put him up on their roster he only played special teams for them this year didn't play uh, any defensive snaps they just cut him last week So kind of a nicely timed thing for the Eagles, Uh, certainly not a guy that, you know, you're feeling like thrilled about considering (laughs) he wasn't even trusted to play much anywhere. But I'd I'd honestly rather see him on the field right now than Anthony Harris. Or sorry, than Kayvon Wallace, because, I mean, sorry to pick on this guy, but like I just every every time he's out there, you just something bad happens and you saw it in the Giants game like. Just dudes running by him, just man. He's and I, I said it back in the the summer. I, I didn't think he deserved to be on the team. I just there was so much more negative than positive that I saw with him. So uh, my guess, I could be wrong, is I don't know that they'd just be comfortable, you know, having Harris just be their starter, re-signing him. So. Quickly like this, but maybe you see like a timeshare there. Maybe they kind of split the... He,
0: he knows he knows the defense. But I just mean, like from a... And I don't know
1: where his conditioning is at and everything. I guess it'd be well, okay. Well, he's been on teams sure. I just like... I don't know if... but Do you like bring him in and have him play 100% of the snaps? Like that just doesn't seem necessarily like the, a likely thing. Right. So
0: he's been on teams, but he hasn't been playing right. much. Um, but his conditioning should be fine. I mean, he's practicing every day. Um, but yeah, it's <laughs> like... My guess is that Kayvon will start. Uh, opposite. Marcus Apps, but, but if they, think, you know, yeah. they 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 have options. I think they if, need, uh, if he's not, I think
1: they well. know they can't get like a hundred percent of the snaps out of Kayvon though. Is my I don't think they're comfortable with that. I think you're going to see some kind That's of fair. rotation with either Harris or Scott, who actually did t- take some safety snaps too. I think in uh, dime packages, in the okay. uh, in the Giants game after Reed got hurt. So, and I thought just I Scott looked decent there in training camp. Obviously, it's training camp. You didn't like get the biggest sample size. Um, but he was the second team guy ahead of, you know, Jaquiski Tart, who had played safety his whole career. So, you know, something worth noting, uh, Kyron Johnson, I think we'll see the severity of his injury. He was ruled questionable originally and then ruled out quickly. Um, if that's serious, the Eagles could put him on IR and maybe find a spot for Christian Mm -hmm. Ellis, who's been looking really good on special teams, kind of, you know, fill that right. because He's going to be out of elevation soon. Yeah. He's one more left. Although we should note on that, um, because I, I this is makes sense, but I had forgotten that those reset for the playoffs. So once the playoffs begin, you know, you can bump up whoever as many times as you want. So the Eagles will have that option once the postseason rolls around.
0: Uh, anything else in- on the safety point? I mean, the one thing in their favor is that their next opponent is the Bears, yes. who are the most run heavy team in the NFL. So. It's not as if mm-hmm. like you, you're going up against the Miami Dolphins or something. You got to worry about Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle running by your you know Kayvon Walls. So yeah, um, yeah it's a uh, it's 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 at least a, a fortunate time to for that. Well, well, I mean, I guess you have Dallas yeah. uh, right after the Bears, but if uh, Blankenship can return uh, prior to that, it's funny that like it's like oh no, yeah. Reed Blankenship is hurt. <laughs> like you know that's kind of where you are. With. That's that's how good the Eagles season is going when when that's a, a huge concern. For sure. Um, so yeah, while we're on the injuries, by the way, why don't we talk about Dallas real quick? Because they lost their starting right tackle, uh, Terrence Steele to a season ending ACL tear. Uh, they've dealt with offensive line injuries. I mean, they dealt with a huge one early in the season when they lost Tyron Smith for a long period of time. It looks like he's going to return semi soon. They at least, what do they activate as 21 day practice window, I guess. Yeah. Um, So he'll return at some point. I don't know if that'll happen this week or down the line, Uh, but replacing Terrence Steele at right tackle. It appears that it'll be sort of a, Jason Peters had a platoon earlier this year at left guard. And it looks like he'll now platoon with, is it Matt ball? Josh ball. is balls first name, Matt Josh ball. Um, Bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Like he had, he had some uh, pretty bad incidents. If you want to read about those uh, in college. I believe it was at Florida State. Got kicked out of Florida State. Um, finished out. I forget where he finished off his uh, the rest of his college career. But the Cowboys took him in the fourth round because he had some talent. Uh, probably would have gone higher than that if not for the um, the off the field stuff. Uh, but he, Jason Peters, it looks like will be in a platoon with Josh Ball. Who evident I didn't see the Cowboys Texans game at all. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from going back to look and see. <laughs> you know, how far exactly the ball was from the uh, goal line on the, on the Texans third and third and goal when they didn't sneak it. It's the only thing I went back and looked at. Uh, but evidently Josh ball had a, had a um, concerning performance after steel went down in that game. So it'll be, it'll be JP and it'll be Josh ball. And that's problematic uh, against the, uh, in, 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 you know, in potentially in the, their matchup against the Eagles week 16 Because that combination is going to have to block Hassan Raddick and Brandon Graham, Mm -hmm. and that's going to be a matchup uh, in the favor of the Eagles, you'd have to imagine. Uh, On that (laughs) Cowboys-Texans game,
1: I didn't see any of it. What did you see in that game? Juan well, Steele, real quick. Uh he's like PFF's 20th greatest highest graded uh, tackle this year. Like he's he turned yeah, into a good season
0: this Turned into yeah. a
1: good player after originally kind of like when he was first playing kind of being a, like a liability. I remember Brandon Graham kind of like whooping on him in the past. Um yep. he's developed into a good player. So it's certainly a significant loss for them. And they had a level of confidence in him to not bring back Lyle Collins. So, you know, uh it's a player right. they liked uh on the game. I was getting the updates, you know, because I was watching the Eagles games, and I was, and I was, and I saw like, okay, wow, the Texans are keep they're hanging in, and then they were up at halftime, which RJ Ochoa, once upon a time, who I will be recording uh, the NFC mixtape with later today, Jimmy and I are recording this on like seven fifty four a.m. on Tuesday, December thirteenth, uh, I saw that the Cowboys were down to the Texans, and then I saw you, I think, uh, in and Dan Klausner texting about uh, that game at one point. And I think you had kind of alerted me to the fact that uh, the Texans screwed up. And I was like, are you serious? Like, and then I certainly, I saw it. They had the ball at the freaking one yard line. Could have just snuck it in. You go up 10 They points. First
0: and goal at the four or five, right? After the, so that got picked yes. deep, deep in their own end by Tremont Smith, former Eagle, former, yeah. uh, <laughs> former got picked by Trayvon Smith he, twice he too, yeah. in that game. <laughs> and, but sure, uh, the
1: Cowboys are fine. Yeah,
0: so they had first and goal from the five. They got it to third and goal from the one. And I'm I can't see the game. I'm just watching on basically. On, the box I'm watching score. like each you know update coming in uh, as each player runs, and I see Rex Burkhead loss of two, and I'm in my seat like, are you kidding? What? Why would you give the ball to Rex Rex freaking Burkhead? I guess at that point, so they lost um, uh, Damian uh, Pierce. Uh, Uh, to an injury during that that. game. So he wasn't in the game. All the more reason to sneak it. And I was curious. One of the first things I did when I got home from that game was I looked up uh, NFL game pass to see exactly how far the ball was from the goal line on that on that play. Like, was it a long Mm -hmm. one? All right. Maybe it's more justifiable. It was like a half yard away from the end zone. Like you're on sneaks. You're allowed to have the running back behind the quarterback. who could push him across the goal. Like sneaks are so freaking easy right now. What the F are you doing, mm-hmm. Texans? Why would you do anything other than a QB yeah. sneak on third and fourth down in that situation? Just, it just, cra- and then also, like, if you don't get a sneak on third, on, on third down, it's not like you're going to have a loss of yardage. Right. Like, they're just yes. going to stop you and run it again. Instead, they get a loss of two. And then on the on the fourth down play, it was another run. And the quarterback, who I believe was Jeff, uh, Jeff Driscoll, he turned one mm-hmm. way. To for the handoff and the running back went the other way. Saw that. And then Driscoll just tried to try to run it in on mm-hmm. his own and he couldn't do it. And then of course the Cowboys drive ninety something
1: yards for this. Wow, for the what an impressive game. drive by Jack Prescott. <laughs> the, the, the announcers are literally saying that. I mean, are you kidding me? Like you're giving them credit <laughs> right. for this? Like this is pathetic. They didn't even cover they were seventeen and a half point favorites. Seventeen and a half points. They barely won the game.
0: They got outplayed. Even even like the the quote-unquote big j journalists uh eagles journalists in the, in the press box we're rooting for the cowboys to lose that game not because they have rooting in no, sure, like they sure. hate the cowboys or anything like that they just like the the sooner the eagles clinch not only the division but also the one seed it means we don't have to go anywhere <laughs> so like we were all rooting for dallas to lose because we don't we you would, mean like, go anywhere ju- in the to playoffs just, Home field advantage for the team is also home field advantage for the media, which is uh, a nice advantage too. So, uh, yeah, it was a bummer to to the the Texans had their Texans were up three when they had that first goal from from the five. It would have been a two point two point, and there was like it would have been a two point uh, excuse me two score game. I think there was only like four minutes left in the game at that point. So there's no way Dallas is coming back and winning that game if they if they Mm -hmm. if the Texans are able to score a touchdown. And then of course, they get nothing. They don't even get. They don't even get the field goal either. Right, which wouldn't um, have mattered. Which you know would have yeah. been. I mean, that would have been just like, fireable on the on the. Right. They kicked the field goal, in that's in that's in that spot. Uh, but yeah, just a total, you know, Adam Sandler. You blew it <laughs> by the Houston Texans in that game. <laughs> All right,
1: let's take a break here, Jimmy. Right to sellin' craft turkey, righttoselling dot com. Discount code BGN twenty for twenty percent off your order. Short and sweet. We will be back after this Back here on BGN Radio with Arnold Schwarzenegger sending us to break there. Thank you, Arnold. Uh, Jimmy, let's talk about the Eagles' offense from a game where they scored.
0: Yeah, we should actually talk about the Eagles-Giants game.
1: I mean, but it's so much bigger than the game. That's the thing. Like This game didn't – this win was not about beating the Giants. It wasn't about this game. This win was about this team looking like arguably the best Eagles team ever, maybe, at least in Mm -hmm. our lifetimes. Incredible. I mean, offense just came out (laughs) – Jalen Hurts to with completions to seven different players on the first drive. It was nine to ten. Oh, did he? I didn't even know yeah, that. Yeah, seven funny. different receivers. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Everyone got involved. I think he deserves credit for that. I think Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen deserve credit for that. Getting everyone involved. Um, Grant Calcaterra made some a couple catches for first downs. Zach Haskell had a catch in there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, it's a huge, impressive drive. It starts. It, it sets the tone for the game. Like, hey, we're gonna come out. And it's not even like we need our, to rely just on our star player. Like the whole offense, the whole field is at our disposal, and we can do whatever we want, whenever we want. We can mix mm-hmm. and run. We can pass. We can run with the quarterback. They could just do whatever they wanted, and I think that really set the tone early on. And And Hertz made some impressive throws on that first drive. He had the one, I believe it was on the third down, uh, on an out route to Devontae Smith, placed it in like a tight window, tight coverage right to him. Yep. Devontae makes a nice catch as well. And then the one to A.J. Brown I thought was like shocking. The one where I think it set up goal to go or it was down there where Hertz fits a pass like right by Jalen Smith in coverage. He wasn't like an amazing cover linebacker, but still uh-huh. it was like a tight window throw. Like that the window was only there for so long. He gets A.J. Brown right in it and just super impressive from the jump.
0: A lot of passes, uh, a lot of passes this season Jalen Hurts has made this year. Uh, That he wouldn't have even attempted last year. I think that's that's an example of one there. Uh, He was twenty-one of thirty-one on the day for two seventeen yards. Not not a huge day in the yardage department. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, but he also had three at least three passes dropped. One was a dime uh, to Miles Sanders down the right sideline. Sanders didn't
1: survive the ground uh, on that play. I thought that was was a great throw. Oh, uh, you thought it was a catch? Yeah, I mean, I don't think he lost control of the ball. But whatever.
0: Yeah, tough call. Um, tough call to make, but the call on the field was a drop. Right. Uh they didn't challenge that though, right? No, but I thought or they could they?
1: have.
0: Yeah. Uh I thought his best throw was on sort of a corner out to Devontae Smith, perfectly placed ball, and yep. Devontae just couldn't get both feet in, wound up being incomplete. And then there was an incomplete ball to um uh, there's a drop by AJ Brown in the middle of the field. Yeah. So his numbers would have looked even better. Well, that was a penalty. Uh, had you know those those, those guys made those plays? Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. So that didn't count towards the stats. Um. But yeah, I mean he he made some some great throws in this game that didn't even count. Um. And then as a runner, of course, what was he seven for seventy seven <laughs> and a touchdown? And that touchdown he had is just like I mean, so effortless. It's like it was it, also just like right, you can't you can't stop anything <laughs> we're gonna do. It doesn't matter. Like.
1: Oh, you have this defended well, or this doesn't matter. Just going to run up the gut and the score a touchdown and make it look incredibly easy.
0: And then Miles Sanders uh, had a big day. Had, had actually, he's on three different t- three different games so far this year. He's broken his single game, uh, you know, best rushing uh, yardage game of his career. Seventeen carries for one forty four in this game, uh, eight and a half yards per carry, two touchdowns, eight and, a half yards per and, carry. He, and he's over a thousand yards. Yeah, what's eight that?
1: Eight. Just think about that. Eight and a half yards per carry. It's insane.
0: Yeah. And a big run at the end of the game. Um, I mean, I, I would say to seal it, but it was already sealed by then. I think they were up 41 to 14 at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, he pushed it to 48 to 14. Got some really nice blocks on that play by uh, Dickerson, Calcaterra, and uh, I want to say, oh, Driscoll mm-hmm. moved his guy out of the way on that play, uh, at, coming in for Lane Johnson at that point. So yeah, he had a monster day, uh, up over a, th- uh, a thousand yards for the first time in his career. Uh, AJ Brown went over a thousand receiving yards uh, on the day, so yeah, lots to celebrate in the locker room for the Eagles with with those two players. AJ Brown made made um, you know he had, a, he had a touchdown catch over. Uh, I don't even remember was it was it McCloud is number forty four? You got a guy with the number forty four mm-hmm. trying to man up on uh, AJ Brown. <laughs> That's Stop, like, look. You're wearing number forty four, you're not going to be able to cover AJ Brown. Is is my analysis there? And then uh, Devontae Smith um, just continues to get a lot of separation uh, against the corners in the NFL here. So they have two legit number one receivers in those two guys. Uh, A great offensive line that can beat you either running the ball or in pass protection. You got uh, Miles Sanders having the best uh, season of his career, I think by far, and the MVP of the League of Quarterback. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you stop this offense. And by the way, Dallas Goddard isn't even playing. (laughs) They're going to get him back. This week, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna open his twenty one twenty one day window uh-huh. to to begin practice practicing on Wednesday, yep. and then he's almost certainly gonna be, you know, elevated from um IR to the fifty three man roster on Saturday, and bam, just another huge big time weapon to add to what is already, in my opinion, not even close uh, the best offense
1: in the NFL. Yeah, and an offensive line that is is mashing people right now and giving Jalen Hurts like some of these. I'm, again i'm not trying to take anything away from hurts when i say this but i'm just saying like some of these pockets he has to work with are incredible he just has all yeah. day to throw um and it's just it's a scary it's a scary team they're the scariest team in the nfl right now like you any any other team except maybe for the 49ers i feel like just because their defense is really good but like mm-hmm. every team should be scared of the eagles like how do we stop this the 49ers maybe they they maybe they have an answer with their defense but I don't even know. Uh Eagles look really impressive. I thought Sanders Sanders looks the most impressive I've ever seen him more recently, too. Like he is running, I feel like in a mm-hmm. way in terms of his vision, decisiveness, like the well, he's running hard. I feel like more than ever. Like I, I am I'm really impressed with how he's looked very recently. I think he's been awesome. Um and the coaching staff too. Even
0: on the play deep down the field, like the, the play that I that I referred to as a drop earlier, pre snap, I, I noticed uh, on that play, he's he's being covered by Jalen Smith. Mm-hmm. And Jalen Hurts is like, eh, screw yep. it. You're gonna you're gonna try to cover him with freaking Jalen Smith. Go beat him down the yep. field, Miles, and he did. Like he smoked him on that mm-hmm. route, uh, just couldn't finish the play. But the I mean, he's been more of a weapon. Um as, he's been competent as a as a receiver this year, as opposed to the last couple. He was great as a rookie, uh, as a receiver, but the but his second and third years in the league, he had a lot of drops, and um just when the ball went his way in the passing game, things typically Good things typically didn't right. happen. Whereas this year, when you throw it on him, he's been a lot more reliable. I
1: mean, I think the play of the game really, or at least the like, the game was over after the Eagles went for it on that fourth and seven, which you have to give Sirianni credit for being mm-hmm. aggressive there. Uh, it's, it should be a no-brainer in the sense of it's like a no-man's land where they are they were, I think they're at the 41, the Giants 41. Yeah. So You're attempting like a really long field goal or you're punting on a very short field. Uh, and, and Sipas was still in the game at that point. So what do you do? You go for it. Correct correctly. So on fourth and 7 and man I mean to me like what what did you think of that throw to Devante? Did you think it was like what did, what did you think of the throw on that play?
0: So they he made a check at the line on that uh cuz he knew he had man coverage so he checked to a slot fade. Uh DeVonte was in the slot. They checked to a slot fade. And it was almost kind of like a hospital ball. It probably had a little too much air mm-hmm. under it. Um, the safety uh, Julian Love really had an opportunity to smash Devante. Uh, Devante made a great play on that because I mean, a fearless play mm-hmm. on that because he just ignored that there was a safety bearing down on him. He had to have known that he was coming, uh, but he went out and he extended for the ball, left his left his body wide open for a big shot. And he made the catch Julian Love sort of cowardly, um, just hope the ball was not going to make it through and was waiting for, for an interception, right. which was totally dumb too, because it's fourth down. You hit the right. receiver and you yeah. cause the incompletion. It's your ball interception. If you actually catch an interception, there's a good chance that you're actually going to lose right. yardage on that because somebody's going to tackle you before you get back to the original line of scrimmage. Horrible play by Julian Love on that play. And, uh, the Eagles capitalized. Devontae makes the catch. Julian Love just kind of goes right on by because he was looking for the interception, and Devontae walks into the end zone. Um, so yeah, I think that the result on that mm. play was maybe better than the throw. Mm. I don't fully agree with that. Earlier, I mean, the throw was on yeah. target, no doubt. Like it was a great throw, it was a great on-target throw. Um, again, like I thought, it had a little air on it because it gave the safety a chance to get over there and and smash. Like I think we think of that play differently if the safety comes over and smashes Devontae. Um, but the result of course was a touchdown, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an on target throw, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not like trying to take that throw away sure. from Jalen Hurts. Uh, but it was I don't think it was a perfect throw. Okay. As sure.
1: Maybe not perfect, but I thought, you know, it was really nice to be above the underneath defender you know, getting it above him, not under throwing it and then, you know, fitting it between, mm-hmm. uh still not too far out so the top defender actually can pick it off and i think maybe love kind of got uh caught like indecisive there being like oh maybe i can pick this oh wait no i can't but it's too late um but still (laughs) oops regardless (laughs) of the process like just awesome play that's just like oh man because this team is so freaking good and they go 14-0 and you're like this game is over at this point it's it's, i mean
0: that's how good jalen hurts has been by the way where i'm nitpicking that pass (laughs)
1: exactly so uh, i thought that was like that was the game to me right there it's like they make that play um and then it's pretty much game over obviously the giants blocked the punt whatever um although i will say also not maybe underrated in terms of how funny of a miscue it was for the uh giants uh punter jamie gillen to oh right kick the ball after (laughs) dropping it uh but that was huge play like you know if if they actually get a normal punt off on that point, the Giants are probably, or the Eagles are taking over at like their own, let's say 15, just to be conservative, mm-hmm. uh, give or take five yards. And instead, <laughs> because of the illegal kick, it gets knocked back to the, uh, no, the, yeah, the Giants' 33 uh, yard line, because it's enforced from the, their 43. So that, like, that's a huge swing. Just that one penalty is a huge swing in field position. And then that's when the Eagles, you know, immediately gets the A.J. Brown touchdown. And then it's really over because it's 21 to 0. But yeah, I mean, offense is impressive. Good luck stopping it. I just don't really, I don't know what you do to stop this offense. Many people have said that. It's not like an original take, but quarterback's awesome. The receivers are there. You're getting Goddard back. And I think Stoll and Calcaterra have demonstrated value, you know, as guys who can make a catch from time to time, can block. So there's really no weak point. Yeah, they're deep and
0: they're super talented. And uh, this is actually the third game now, second game in a row that they got to pull their starters at the end of this game. Uh, Boston Scott even went in there and had like six carries for 33 and a touchdown. By the way, they had four rushing touchdowns, which brings them now to 27 rushing touchdowns on the season. The NFL record (laughs) is, for single season, rushing touchdowns, the 1924 Frankfurt Yellow Jackets. Had 38 rushing touchdowns. That's within striking distance of the Eagles uh, this season. Number two on that list is a maybe a little bit more familiar uh, NFL team. The Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. in 1962 had 36. Uh, the Eagles are on pace for 35 rushing touchdowns this year. So if they get to 35, they'll be third all-time in the history of the NFL in uh, rushing touchdowns. They need three more than their pace. To at least tie the uh, all time record. And they can do it. I mean, they they have they have the Bears left. I mean, I guess at some point that they're, they're if they clinch the one seed, they're gonna be resting starters and playing backups or whatever. So maybe that hurts their chances of that. Um but yeah, just the what they've been able to do this so far this season, um, both on the ground and through the
1: air, really remarkable. All right. Jimmy, let's take a break here, but not before we hear about Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors and Roach
0: you can reach Kristen Roach at 856-906-9295. Not not a whole lot going on real estate wise uh during the winter. It starts to typically heat up during the spring. But if you are interested around now in just at least sort of seeing what your home uh is worth, uh you know in, in terms of comps to other home sales in your area, um, you should, Kristen Roach can certainly do that for you, and that's uh, no charge whatsoever uh, if you're you know, thinking about selling your house and you know buying a new house in uh, the spring. So you can reach out to her at 856-906-9295. Brandon? Back after this. This. Kristen Rocha, Roach of Roach Tours, Roach Realtors, Tours, Roach Real Tours. Kristen Rocha, Roach of Roach Tours. She's the greatest. Eight five six nine oh six nine two
1: nine five.
0: Eight five, six nine oh six nine two nine five. Nine two nine.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, Jimmy, where we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles, because this is a Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're talking about defense from the game, <laughs> and I want to start with two things. Number one, Jonathan Gannon has faced scrutiny okay. at times this year. Defense has been really good past two weeks. have to say that. They've really only allowed, I, I would say, like two legit touchdown drives. One, the long drive that the Titans had to tie up the game to make it seven mm-hmm. to seven. Um, which was extended in part by like a bad Josh Joshua penalty at one point. So not even fully on mm-hmm. JG, but okay. You know, I'll give you that drive. You can, you can have your quibbles with that one. And you can have your quibbles with the the one long drive that the Giants had in this game at one point, uh, not the touchdown drive right after the uh, block punt. And obviously not the one in garbage time when the game was over. Meaningless, who cares? Ruined the BGN same game parlay, by the way, because it was Eagles money line. It was Miles Sanders over 79, whatever, 79 and a half or whatever it was, rushing yards. And Giants point total under 16.5. And Tyrod Taylor had to be a jerk (laughs) and ruin the Eagles same game parlay from our good friends over at DraftKings. But anyway, so credit to Gannon. And what I specifically like is something I talked about last week where they're not forcing turnovers and like they're not relying on turnovers. You know, obviously, not a bad thing to get sacks or sorry to get fumbles and interceptions but can't always rely on that have to get stops too and they've been doing that they only have one takeaway in these past two games and that was brandon graham's strip sack which came when the game was already well decided so i thought that i think that's been really good to see is that this defense can get stops they can actually force the other team to punt
0: they got seven sacks in this game um bg had three again like you mentioned a couple of those were, were in garbage time
1: uh, yeah, but he deserves it. He's for, played really well. He deserves. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, I didn't
0: mean, to diminish that. Um, but BG had three uh, and then one each for Fletch, Hassan Reddick. Josh Sweat had one, I think, right? Josh Sweat and Sack uh, early, oh, yeah, yeah. early in the game. Oh, yeah. Josh Sweat beat Andrew Thomas early in the game. That was game. really impressive. That was on the first drive, I think. And it was like, okay, well, if like, so the Giants, Giants offensive line, they have one good player, basically, and Andrew Thomas. It's like, okay, if he's giving up a sack this badly, that's not good. That's not good news for you know what's going to happen to this Giants mm-hmm. offense today. Who am I missing? Oh, Milton Williams had a sack. So they had seven on the game. There were actually six sacks behind Dallas to enter the week. Dallas was the number had the most sacks in the NFL. <clears throat> so they they had none yeah. uh, on Sunday against the Texans. So the Eagles now lead the NFL with. 49 sacks when a year ago they had 29, which was second worst uh, in the NFL. They've come a long way in terms of adding guys they can get to the quarterback. I mean, they they already had guys. I think there was kind of an anomaly last year that they only had 29 sacks and second least in the NFL. I think it was also because Um,
1: the the other quarterbacks could easily just take the. (laughs) Ten yard <laughs> right. or the five yard pass that was always open, yeah. so much cushion.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, right. So what I mean is, it wasn't necessarily an indictment on the players yeah. trying to rush the passer. Um, this year, uh, certainly they have they have better players, and um, they are getting after the passer and, and making plays. And they actually have four players that have a pretty decent chance of double digit, digit sacks this year. Hassan Raddick is already there; he's got ten. Um, BG has eight and a half. Uh, that'd be great to see him get double digit sacks for the first time in his career. I really need it. Javon Hargrave has nine, and Josh Sweat, who I think has had quietly a really good year, is uh at 7.5. So, that and Fletch is actually at six mm. too, so he's got an outside outside shot at double digit sacks as well. When you look at like, so the 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 I think it was the 1989 Eagles hold the record, held the team record, uh, for the most sacks in a season, they had 62 uh Clyde Simmons had 15 and a half wow. Reggie had I think 11 and Jerome Brown had 10 and a half so they had three guys with double digit sacks if the Eagles can get four um four guys with double digit sacks they they've you know they could they could you know eclipse that of course and they have a chance of of um uh, you know taking over the the all-time team record of over if they get more than 62 sacks in the season that'd be kind of cr- like <laughs> their pass rush two things about about this team I think, is gone under discussed this year because we've all been wowed by jalen hurts and aj brown and the things that the offense are doing their pass rush has been awesome this mm-hmm. year and then the two cornerbacks in slay and bradbury brian dable rightly noted that those two guys that's the best corner tandem in the nfl and you look at like some of the potential matchups coming up in the playoffs like the vikings mm-hmm. um you know like dallas even um the teams that have like good receivers Maybe maybe less less Dallas than uh than than you know a guy like Justin Jefferson or whatever. You're not really scared of those teams anymore. No. Like, you know, you look at like the Eagles. Whenever they face a team with a with two good edge rushers, it's like who cares because they have two good offensive tackles. Well, I think that's kind of like what you can say about uh you know opposing offenses that have a couple of good wide receivers. It's almost kind of like well, who cares? James Bradbury and and Darius Slay are going to take care of those guys.
1: That's what I was saying to RJ back when. And I'm probably to you when the Eagles played the Cowboys earlier this season, I'm like, you know, typically it's like, oh, man, how you can defend these Cowboys receivers? Well, first of all, <laughs> right. they're not as good as they used to be because there's no Amari Cooper. But even so, like Eagles have the best cornerbacks they've had in such a long time going into a Cowboys game where it's like, oh, yeah, there's no reason to be scared of the Cowboys. Like the Eagles, they they not match up. They they can they're better. Um, mm-hmm. So I agree with you on that. I think that's a good point. Uh, I want to talk about you can't pick on Bradley
0: Fletcher no. anymore that very
1: much not uh i want to <laughs> stop down on brandon graham because you know he's my favorite player on the team you've said that as well uh for you i love the guy uh walter payton nfl man of the year nominee which i really hope he wins mm-hmm. as we talked about in the last pod brandon graham could also be like the comeback player of the year like, like who is the comeback player of the year in the nfl am i missing someone obvious i'm trying to think Like, who was at hurt last year i don't know maybe the- i think saquon could make an argument ah, it's tough um... though <laughs> I mean to me now like he's he's not he's been good in a yeah. while and he's still banged up. Uh, That's a tough from a narrative standpoint for me. But like why not Brandon Graham? Jimmy G was looking okay on that. That's probably out the window. Remember when I said back Jimmy in G training camp technology. that like he could have a career year at age 34 and you're like, you should write that and I didn't cuz I'm a fool. But I said at the time yeah. like I think cuz we we saw him and look amazing in training camp, which is incredible right. considering 34 and he's coming off an Achilles injury. And he's like playing his best football of his career. And he only needs one and a half more sacks in these final four games. I think he's going to finally get there because, you know, even if the Eagles clinch, which they can probably should have mentioned this earlier, if they win their next two games, if they beat the Bears and then beat the Cowboys, they're automatically the number one seed at that point. And then they would have two, you know, meaningless games to end the year. But, you know, I I still think like BG is going to get playing time in part just because they don't have, like, a ton of defensive end bodies anyway. They need someone to play there. I don't think they're going to shut him down, especially when he has a chance to get 10, and that means a lot to him. So I think he's going to get there. I think he might get there against Dallas, uh, or by Dallas, including the Bears game. He might get there this weekend, honestly, because Justin Fields, your boy, takes a lot of sacks. Um, But, yeah, Brandon Graham's awesome, and he deserves this. And just, like, what a unique career. And also, he's only 10 games away from leading – all Eagles players ever in defensive games played, like all defensive players, sorry, in games played. Brian Dawkins currently holds that record. Like, think about that. Think about like the magnitude of like Brandon Graham. I've said in the past is like this all time Eagles player. Not like he isn't one of the best players, you know, like the very like top four players in franchise history. But I think like all encompassing of what it means to be like an Eagles player and his longevity and his impact on the field and off the field and the Super Bowl strip sack, like the biggest play in franchise history. Like, I think you can make a case for him on like your Eagles Mount Rushmore of like, sure, just like what like who the Eagles are like. Just uh, does that make any sense? <laughs> Am I making any sense? of that? Yeah, like
0: not best players yeah. ever, but both best best representation yes. of, of yeah, like of, like a player uh, you would what, see what what the Eagles. Mount you want an Eagles player, and you're like
1: to be. proud that he's up there. Like I'm I'm proud of that guy. Like that guy was awesome. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so for sure,
0: all the adversity yeah. earlier in his career, Earl Thomas, all that stuff. No, good for yeah. him. Love BG. I was very—he was a—he was a player I was genuinely happy for. Made the big play sure. in the Super he Bowl. He deserved it. I am like, yeah. I'm, I'm—I'm so, very happy it was—it was him. That I remember thinking i am very happy that it was him that made yeah. that play. Uh, the other guys, it, I guess, like you can bet on, uh, you know, comeback player of the year. Uh, the three—the top three guys right now are Geno Smith. Come on, that makes sense. Where'd
1: he come uh, back? I mean, from? It makes
0: sense. <laughs> well, also, you know what? That's true. So, like, there are a couple different ways I think you can look at comeback player of the year. And I don't think he should qualify. There, there should be a different award, maybe for like breakout player sure. of the year, because he never, he was Most never good player of the year. I feel like comeback player is like player was good, then for some reason wasn't good, injury, whatever, uh, and then was good again. That's that's what a comeback is. Mm-hmm. He was never there to begin with, right? So like he's like maybe breakout player, and then the other two are Saquon Barkley, no. uh, which makes sense, and Christian McCaffrey, which makes
1: sense. No it's it's brandon graham it's, it's incredible <laughs> it's incredible for him to be doing what he's doing at 34 it's just it's incredible and by the way uh wanted to i know you talked on reddick what a great free agent signing we said that at the time like you know, yeah, just, yeah i mean yeah. it was hard not to like it given the age given the production there there mm-hmm. are cost wasn't that high Cost wasn't that high jimmy there are only two players who have more sacks than hassan reddick since the start of 2020 it's Miles Garrett and it's TJ Watt. <laughs> like like that's the company that oh, he's in. Yeah, he's okay. thirty-three and a half. Yeah. He's tied with Trey Hendrickson. And Miles Garrett and TJ Watt each have like forty. Like that's crazy. Like he is Yeah. He's not necessarily like, you know, like the third or fourth, whatever best edge defender in the NFL. But I mean, it's hard to argue with the production. He's the first player in NFL history to have and it's kind of a weird thing, but uh double digit sacks in three years with three different teams. Like that's that's a it's a strange accomplishment, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he's been awesome. And I, I would say... He produces. He produces, and he also produces for his teammates. Like, I forget, I think it was Hargrave last week, who or it might have been Cox, either way. Like, he knocked Tannehill off his spot, and then someone else came in and cleaned it up. And he did that in this yeah. game, too, with Daniel Jones. He knocked Jones off his spot, made him step up, and then Cox took him down. Uh, So right. it's not just, like, him getting the sacks, but him also helping the pass rush as a whole. Yeah.
0: I think that's been one of the biggest... That probably may be actually the biggest upgrade from. Well, you, I guess you can say Jalen Rager to AJ Brown was a pretty big one too. Oh my god! <laughs> but uh, but uh, J- J- Jannard Avery to Hassan Reddick is uh, a pretty pretty big step up <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball. Let's talk run defense too. By the way, yeah. So. You know, obviously, that's been sort of the one thing that you could pick on the Eagles for is, oh, that's the one mm-hmm. big concern that they have. So their run defense, you get a good rushing def uh, rushing offense, you can maybe beat them in the playoffs. Well, last two weeks, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley combined 20 carries, 58 yards for a few, less than three yards per carry. Um, so I don't want to necessarily say that they have that fixed and that you don't have to worry about that anymore. But uh, certainly Jonathan Gannon made adjustments and um, the additions of Linval yep. Joseph and Dominican and, Dominic and Sue certainly helped. You also get Jordan Davis back. He hasn't played a lot of snaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was actually on the field quite a bit with Linval Joseph. Uh, they were on the field at the same mm-hmm. time. So you got 330 some odd pound Linval Joseph and you got you know, 340 pound Jordan Davis. And uh, yeah, it's hard to move those guys and uh, it's hard to run on those guys. So again I don't want I don't want to say that they have that fixed but um you know certainly the adjustments that they have made have uh shut down uh, a couple of I mean Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley I forget who's 2 and who's 4 but they're both in the top 5 uh in in rushing yards so far this season so um yeah they they've they've they, they did a really good job against two teams that heavily rely on the run Yeah
1: that's a good point cuz everyone was talking about oh he was you know run defense being this Big Achilles heel, heel and it's a, a huge weakness and hasn't been past couple weeks. I think the rotation at that position, the defensive interior, has been huge. I've said that with Fletcher Cox getting his snap count down. He's been more effective. He had that stretch where seven games, didn't have a sack. Last three, I believe now, has a sack in each game, has a couple TFLs, four TFLs total, in there too. he He's been much more effective in a more limited role, so that's really big. Uh, anything else on the defense?
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, just on the team as a whole, okay. um, the way that I sort of put it in the uh, hierarchy this week was like the run defense was sort of like the uh, the thermal exhaust port on the Death mm. Star. It was like the one weakness that one could point to. What is that now? Like if you take that away, what is it? What's the What's the weakness on the team that could be exploited? I don't know. Exactly. I mean, safety right now is the answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, injury concerns, it's safety. Right. But by the time the playoffs come around, theoretically, CJ, GJ will be back. And we're Reed. I mean, you could maybe go special teams. I can't imagine that, you know, somebody talking on TV on on ESPN. I don't think special teams debate is going to. I mean, it's also been it's better. Gonna in, it's going to gonna bring in the engagement. It's been
1: better. Like, they, you know, the Titans game also been good. better good. Yeah. They had the block punt yeah. in this game. But, I mean, they were backed up against their own end zone. And I don't think that was necessarily a terrible special teams play as much as, you know, they were kind of put in a tough spot. Yeah, it's not like a
0: guy got completely free. Yeah. Uh,
1: the guy who blocked the punt. It wasn't, like
0: a break, it wasn't like a breakdown.
1: If I'm not mistaken, the guy who blocked the punt, like his, like, long arms, too. It like just, you know, it just happens. <laughs> You're in a tough spot backed up against your own end zone and still almost got a yeah. first down. Uh, Boston Scott had the big return, <laughs> right. not to say special teams is a mm-hmm. strength all of a sudden, but there've been some positive no. signs with that unit. They haven't looked as hopeless recently. So
0: Covey's been better as a Covey's punt been return. Better.
1: Um, again, I think it's possible that Kern might actually be an upgrade on what Sipas has been this mm-hmm. year. It's not like Sipas has been great. So they might even get a little bit better as a punting team. So yeah, it's a good spot to be in.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, what, what, what is the weakness? I don't think that certainly there's no, you can't point that can't point to anything on offense no. uh, defense. It's hard. To, it's, it's
1: hard to come up with anything. You know what the biggest weakness is, Jimmy themselves. If they, the Eagles can beat themselves. I don't think teams can really beat them. If they're going to lose, it's because yeah. they do, they beat themselves kind of like they did against Washington. They turn the ball over. Yeah. Uncharacteristically um, or the Colts game where the coaching staff just galaxy brains it away over things, things um, mm-hmm. I just you know, other than that, I, I think they're they're okay. Uh or like the other thing you can just point to is football is weird and stuff happens. But you know, yes. Can't you can only <laughs> do so much about that. All right. That's Let's right. Take another break here before we get into our playoff ranking. Playoff. Playoff rankings.
0: Yeah. All right. We'll just kind of go through quickly the uh who who we think are the uh the 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 most ideal playoff matchups and the least ideal playoff matchups. You want to send us to break? Since they clinched the playoffs. And by the way, we should mention the Eagles clinched the playoff yeah. <laughs> on Sunday. Oh, we did mention that, I guess, already. Never mind.
1: Send us to break, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> All right. Back after this.
1: Back here on BGN Radio, we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles because it's a Philadelphia Eagles podcast. And, Jimmy, you wanted to talk about their ideal playoff opponents. Since they did yeah. make the postseason,
0: I was curious to get your take.
1: I already wrote an article on it. Mm. I was curious to get your bring take. bring me anyone, um- baby. I'm not afraid of anyone. Bring anyone in. <laughs> I mean, seriously, they're going to be barring you know them blowing it. They're going to have two home playoff games in Philly. Assuming they win the first, I don't not really scared of anyone. The most, the only team that I said, and I spoiled this by giving it away earlier in the pod, is the 49ers. I think they're the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, they've been there at a, like two out of the past three years. They've been to the championship game. They're tough. They have a defense that I very much believe in with, you know, D'Amico Ryan's leading the way there and Bosa being yep. a problem and the, just the talent they have up front and Fred Warner, the athleticism like that defense. That could be a problem that could, they, they they're going to be able to match up with the Eagles to some extent. And then, you know, their their offense apparently doesn't even maybe maybe Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy G. I don't know. Yeah, he might I be. Mean, it's, it's so small of a sample size; it's hard to say for sure. Yeah, but um, yeah, they're they're the team that does give me some pause. For me, it's what it's uh, it's
0: it's Warner and it's Dre uh, Dre Greenlaw. They're they're two linebackers who are both super athletic, uh, make plays, and you know they, those two guys can theoretically slow down the plays that Jalen Hurts can make can make with his legs. Um, can also maybe neutralize Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Bosa. He, he's he got a share of the lead, I think, with Matthew Judon for uh, most sacks. He's a problem. Uh, Traverius Ward is a legit corner. And then I always mess up the pronunciation of Hufengas. Oh, yeah. I think that's how you say it. He's his awesome. His last that name. Guy. Uh, it's r- it's- by the way, cousin of... Marlon Tui Piloto. Hey. Did you know that? No, uh, he's a he's a he's a playmaking safety uh, on the back end. So yeah, I mean they have, they have players on defense, and then offensively, Debo Kittle, Ayuk, McCaffrey can all break tackles uh, after they make catches. And Eagles' defense has been better tackling lately. I don't think it's really been an issue uh, back half of the season here, but it has been at times in in some other games this mm-hmm. year. So. You know that's kind of a, a concern until such point that uh, the you know Brock Purdy uh, has flaws that you know teams have exposed and can exploit, and that's a team that is uh, the worst matchup I think for the Eagles in the playoffs. Followed by Dallas, mm-hmm. who certainly have playmakers on defense like Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs and uh, uh, Demarcus Lawrence and you know, a really good rushing tandem in Tony Pollard. Uh, and Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb has become a legit alpha dog, sort of number one receiver this year. Um, offensive line still good. He's got concerns now with Terrence Steele, as noted earlier, but it's still a good offensive line. Um, you know, they can compete with the Eagles, and there's famili- familiarity there. Dak Prescott has not had a great season. No. Um, he's th- only six quarterbacks have thrown uh, – excuse me. I, yeah, only six quarterbacks have thrown more mm-hmm. interceptions than Dak. Who missed uh, – even though Dak missed five yeah. games <laughs> this year, so yeah, he's not having his best year. Um, so I, that's why I have them number two, and then three, I have the Lions. Yeah. Lions have won five of six. If uh, they get to the play, they make they're a game and a half behind um, the Seahawks. Or yeah, uh, no, no, no. I'm sorry, game and a half behind the, the the Giants and the and the Commanders. They're a game behind the Seahawks, but they uh, they lost to the Seahawks oh. earlier this year. Said they lose a tiebreaker to them, they pretty much have to win out just to get in. But if they do get in, at that point they will have won nine of yeah. ten. So you know, you're gonna have a team that's like one of the hottest in the mm. NFL. And then they, you know, assuming the Eagles get the one seed, they if they win a playoff game on top of that, like you'd have to consider them a legit threat. Um, and certainly they were able to score consistently, uh, way back week one. You know, different defense at that point, I think. Uh, but they did, they did put, they did hang thirty-five. Yeah. On the board against the Eagles, so uh, yeah, I think they'd be the the third biggest concern, and then after that, who cares? They, they they'll smoke anyone there after. I think. I mean, I could see the Lions. Actually, who would you put forward? You put it? Would you put it? Uh, I think the two after the Lions would be the Vikings or the Bucks, maybe Commanders. Which of those three teams do you think are, are number? Well, actually, do do you think any of those teams would be three in, ahead of the Lions?
1: Well, on the on the Lions point, uh, I do think. Like I could see them just like, because they'd probably play Minnesota, right? If they do get in, let's say they're the seventh seed, then they'd play the Vikings as the number two seed. Um, mm-hmm. I could see them beating Kirk Cousins in the first round. Jalen Rager, by the way, mm-hmm. I said, those who listen to the SB Nation <laughs> NFL show will know I said this already, but cause I made it my lock of the week, because we do a lock of the week every week for a pick against the spread. And literally as soon as I saw Jalen Rager say that he guaranteed the Vikings were going to beat the Lions, <laughs> It was like at midnight. I was like, it was like late at night one night when I saw that. And I immediately sent it to Stats and RJ, who I do the podcast with. Cause I was like, I want to claim this. I'm claiming this now. This is my lock of the week. No one else can take this game. Cause like I knew they weren't, they're going to lose as soon as I saw that. Uh, which just proved yeah. to, to me, should prove to everyone that vibes are a real thing. But, uh, to answer your question,
0: one of, well, oh, uh, sorry, real quick, one of the Lions players after oh, that game, yeah, I think it was Taylor De- Lewan. No, Decker unprompted wasn't even asked about it he goes that's a bad look for jalen (laughs) river uh so
1: i'll i'll give this to you through the lens of my power rankings because you know that makes sense right uh so i have the eagles at number one obviously everyone should have the eagles at number one i have the 49ers at number four they're only behind the bills and the chiefs there so to me Mm -hmm. they're the clear uh threat after i think that's year.
0: fair Bengals are, are probably uh breathing right down there i have Bengals
1: at five but... then i have cowboys at six because okay. i think the cowboys okay. deserve to be knocked down a peg after that the game they should have lost to the texans uh and i think joe burrow to me is one of the few quarterbacks right now like i'm scared of uh if i'm you know okay i think i think he, he, he there's, there's something to him where i think he heats up down the stretch and that's kind of scary to me but uh after that if we're just sticking with the nfc i have the lions after that, after the Cowboys, I have them only two spots behind the, the Cowboys at si- uh, six there. So I have the Lions at eight. The Vikings okay. right underneath them, right underneath the Lions. And then I have the Commanders because I think, uh, you know, I mean, they beat the Eagles. Not to say, you know, it's super sure. likely they'd do it again. But I think they're going to be, you know, uh, uh, they'll be competitive, I think, in the playoffs. I think they're not just going to, like, show up and get blown out. So right. that's how I would rank it is, I would say, um, in terms of biggest threats, again, 49ers, Cowboys, Lions, Vikings, Commanders, and then, if I have to say beyond that, Seahawks.
0: Yeah, and then the Giants, we we all saw what they looked like on Sunday. And I guess the Panthers are still alive because the uh, the NFC South is so horrible. If that team won that division, holy crap, that's just a gift for whoever, they, whoever gets to play them well, in the first probably, round, you know
1: what I mean? Probably the Cowboys, right?
0: <laughs> no, it would be the Vikings because they'd be the two-seed. What do you mean? The Vikings would get to play them if the Panthers. Oh no, I'm yeah. sorry. You're right. You're right. It'd be the... You could say they won the division. they would be the four yeah. seed. So the bad. Cowboys. would be the, the five seed. seed. No, they'd be the four yeah. seed. So, so yeah, yeah. That that's bad for the Eagles fans. Yeah. It's actually, for Eagles fans, actually, if the Panthers get in, because yeah, that'll be just easy win mm-hmm. for for Cal, for the Cowboys in the wild card. Yeah,
1: round. I kind of I know the Bucks have been not inspiring, but the Bucks. Or sorry, Tom Brady's literally never lost to the Cowboys. He seems to kind of have their number a little bit. So I would okay. like the Bucks to still to win that division. because I feel like I think they could they could beat the Cowboys and uh the first Cowboys round.
0: would be heavy favorites in sure. that game. I want to say by like seven or eight probably in Tampa, mm-hmm. but at least the Bucks would have a fighting chance. with yeah. the Panthers just none against against pretty much any decent team in the NFC. Agree.
1: Also, like how pathetic would it be if Tom Brady comes back and like everything happens that happened with him in his personal life. And they don't even like make the playoffs. That'd be so bad. So pathetic. And you didn't, and you lost because you you didn't make it because the Panthers were ahead of you. Like, that's so sad. Uh, So it feels like he's going to,
0: if he wants to keep playing, it feels like it's going to be for a different team be for the saints. Potentially
1: next year. There's been some talk about uh, Peyton just coming back and reuniting with Brady, which they wanted to do in Miami, which didn't happen, but (laughs) but yeah, that's certainly an Eagles uh, angle to watch. Because the, the Eagles also own the Saints second round pick next year. So certainly worth yeah. monitoring. Uh anything else, Jimmy?
0: Uh I think we can go final thoughts, Meher, maybe. Yeah. Any final thoughts um, by you? Yeah, I'm looking forward to Chicago this week.
1: Great city. Love very, Chicago. Very uh
0: very fun town. Would have been more fun if we got to go there in September. Uh I wonder what the uh Eagles fan turnout will be for this game, mm. because I can't imagine Bears fans. I mean, the Bears are literally the number sixteen team, if you just standings-wise mm-hmm. in the NFC. Um so, you know, only only ahead of the Texans, I guess. Standing. They've officially uh, been eliminated league-wide. from the playoffs.
1: So I think it's like two weeks now. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Not not a lot of reason for Bears fans to to want to attend this game in the cold. Um, so I wonder, you know, it's a fun city. I wonder uh, how many Eagles fans will go there, but I'm looking forward to it. Love Chicago, love me in Chicago. Chicago, love the love the walk. I stay at the Chicago Hilton whenever I go there, and you can. Walk, it's like a I'd say like what a room number 0.7382. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, it's probably a little bit more than a mile. It's a little bit more than a mile walk. Even though, even though, even if it's freezing, doesn't matter. It's just a fun walk to the stadium. So there's this big park. People like. Drinking in the park. Like it's very fun atmosphere to walk from that hotel to the stadium. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, uh good good road game. Uh it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many Eagles fans are in attendance for that bad boy.
1: I love Chicago. Uh if not Philadelphia, I feel like i, I might want to live in Chicago. The cold it, the cold part is I don't know. That's a little tough. It's probably why I might not yeah. end up living there. Cause I, I I've only been to there when it's nice that I have that in my head. Uh but I think it's a great city. It's awesome uh too bad that their quarterback isn't any good, and the team isn't any good. but we can talk about that later in the week when we preview this matchup. My final thoughts um had this really cool uh dinner at Han Dynasty on monday night uh they there was okay. like uh this like big fifteen course like fifteen uh different beer pour uh meal. Uh, buffet, not buffet, because they brought it to your table, and, like, they had one of those spinny plates, uh, or spinny things on the center of the table, so, like, you know, you put your the dishes on there, and then you can just rotate it when you want something, uh, but that was really awesome, so, uh, my first time at Han Dynasty, I'm sure many of you listening to this have already had it, uh, but if you have not, uh, certainly worth a try, really love the dandan Dan noodles from there, very, very good, among other things, uh, so, yeah, that was fun, uh, shout out to Holden and Jess, who I went with. Uh, okay, Jimmy, we will wrap this one up, but not before I give out some plugs, including Righteous Selling Craft Turkey. Go to righteousselling.com, use discount code BGN20 for 20% off. You want to do that now because it's a limited time offer, it'll go back down to BGN 15. And you want to do it now because the holidays are fast approaching. Got you know, Christmas and Hanukkah and everything else going on, New Year's. So you want to get it in time for those, so order it now today. Pause the podcast, or when you're done with this podcast in a few seconds, do it. Right selling dot com discount code bgm twenty for twenty percent off. Check out Kristen Roach dot Roach com if you're looking to buy, sell, rent a house, or looking to find out how much maybe you could get for your house by mm-hmm. texting or calling this phone number. Eight
0: five six nine zero six nine two
1: nine five. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon Gouton, Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Kemski. Read my work at BleedingYour Jimmy Kemsky's work at phillyvoice.com. Check the show description too for all the handles and whatever. All the plugs are there. Uh Jimmy, I will talk to you in a couple days to preview this week 15 matchup.
0: Goodbye, everybody.
1: Yeah. She
0: and